Welcome to the Haringey Education Partnership Brief. It's Monday, the 27th of February. I'm Luke. And I'm Maya, and we're here to bring you up to date with what's happening in education. Here's what you need to know this week. As of last Friday, the Education Secretary Gillian Keegan has invited unions to formal talks over pay on the condition that the NEU Teaching Union calls off this week's teacher strikes. Members of the NEU are set to walk out over pay tomorrow, the 28th of February. Kevin Courtney, Joint General Secretary of the NEU, said there was nothing substantial in the Secretary of State's letter that suggests to us we should call off strikes. This is an evolving story, and details may have changed by the time you hear this. In a celebrated move, Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, pledged to extend free school meals to all primary pupils in London next year. However, the announcement may force schools to plug a £39 million shortfall in funding. The National Education Union estimated the true cost of school providing a hot meal for a primary pupil is £3.30. The announced funding leaves a 77p shortfall per pupil, which if extrapolated, leaves London schools in a substantial financial hole. Ever wonder what the heads of multi-academy trusts make? TES has revealed what the biggest academy trusts pay their top leaders, with some shocking figures to boot. More than half of the country's largest multi-academy trusts increased the six-figure salaries of their top earners last year, as teachers and heads faced a pay freeze. On the higher end of the spectrum was Harris Federation, whose top pay band for its top earner was £460,000. Oxford Diocesan Schools Trust, on the other hand, was the lowest on the list, but its top earner still made £115,000. The Department for Education has recommended that experienced teachers receive a pay rise of 3% in 2023-24 in its evidence to the School Teachers Review Body. This, coupled with increasing teachers' starting salaries at £30,000, means teachers will receive a 3.5% uplift on average, which should be manageable for school budgets, according to the government. A union leader has responded, calling the recommendation another real-terms pay cut that is not grounded in reality as a solution to staff shortages. This week's Deep Dive, Hep Talks, The Big Idea, The Power of Teams with Samuel Crome. What are the characteristics of high-performing teams? Why should employers prioritize belonging over performance? How psychologically safe do students and staff feel at their schools? These are some of the fascinating questions that Sam Crome, deputy head teacher at St. Peter's Catholic School in Surrey, addressed when he spoke on Hep's The Big Idea series on the 9th of February. Sam's presentation was about the power of teams, which is the title of his upcoming book and a subject on which he has done a lot of research. There were multiple takeaways from Sam's talk, ranging from incredibly practical strategies for improving team meetings to philosophical matters about human nature and the desire to belong. The entire Big Idea session is on the HEP Vimeo and is linked in the show notes. We learned a lot and we highly recommend a listen, but don't take our word for it. You can hear part of Sam's presentation right here on the Deep Dive. What I'm going to do today is try and take all of the, the ideas and research from many sectors and then boil them down and look at a few best bets for schools because obviously we have such unique uh, unique teams. 
Now, the thing that makes us um, really unique is that we're judged on so many different things. So we have to fill our schools up and make sure we get bums on seats and we get money through the door. We're judged on student outcomes, on Ofsted, of course. Um, we get uh, judged by our leadership quality and provision. Curriculum has been massive um, over the last night, sort of five, six years. Behaviour in schools, learning and teaching, being evidence-informed, keeping the children safe, and how we recruit and retain, which is obviously a bit of a challenge at the moment. The thing is, we're, we're putting so much effort into doing every single one of those things, um, and often they bring with them new initiatives. Um, right, we're going to do a project on this, we're going to get a group together to work on this, and each one of those things is huge, and it takes a lot of time and investment. But in my career, and I don't know about yours, no one's ever sat down and gone, right, we work in a team on safeguarding. How can we make the team as good as it possibly can be before we even start? I think we we get so caught up in the specific content of what we're doing, we forget about, about teamwork. So what I'm proposing today is that we underestimate the power of teamwork. And according to Patrick Lencioni, teamwork remains the ultimate competitive advantage. And the big reason for that is that we already all meet in teams. So I suppose what I'm asking people to do when I talk about teams is not to start a new project on curriculum or uh, marking or feedback or anything like that that might cost us time. What I'm saying is that we already meet in teams. We have it booked into our calendars. We probably do it for some teams once a week, some once a month, some once a half term, some once a term, but we already do it. We just don't do it very well. So everything I'm going to talk about today means that we can squeeze out more of an advantage in our schools without actually costing more time or more expense. We're just fine tuning something we already do. So the, the first question for you as team leaders and team members is how many of your teams are rowing in the same direction, like truly moving forward as one without dissent, without conflict all over the place, without dysfunction um, as well. So that's the kind of question uh, for you today as we go through the presentation is what are your teams doing or not doing, which means they could be rowing in the, in the same direction more effectively. OK, so here's a couple of bits of research just to just to kick off with. Um, what we know is that worldwide across all sectors, collaborative and team based activities are rising. So companies are trying and schools are trying to use collaboration and teamwork more. That's because there's been lots and lots of research that shows that it, it is the best way to work. And this is a really interesting one, that 90% of employees surveyed believe teamwork is critical to an organization's success, but only a quarter of them think that their teams are actually effective. So in other words, we all know that working in a team is, is, the, right, is the right way to be effective, but equally, we don't think our teams do a very good job. Uh, and finally, there's tons of research that show that um, team dysfunction links to breakdowns and effectiveness leads to poor outcomes, um, especially in, in startups, um, healthcare providers, other sectors like the military as well. So um, that you can basically correlate when you look at the research, the team effectiveness to overall outcomes from the organization. So it's clearly it's clearly vital for what we do. If that clip piqued your interest, you're in luck. Not only can you watch the entire presentation on our Vimeo, but we also have an upcoming extended interview with Sam, which will be featured right here on the Hep Talks podcast. In that conversation, I wanted to go deeper into some of the concepts that Sam brought up, and we ended up having an invigorating conversation about schools, teams, psychology, and human nature. Stay tuned to Hep Talks to hear that interview. And in the meantime, you can follow Sam on Twitter at Mr. Chrome. That's M-R underscore C-R-O-M-E. 
This week at HEP. Tomorrow, Brenda Hales, writer of the HEP science curriculum, will join us from 1pm for a session for Year 3 teachers on the unit Animals Including Humans. Peter Warwick will also be with us from 1.30pm for How to Teach Times Tables so children understand and retain them. On Wednesday, Tracy Campbell will be back for the second Behaviour Champions workshop from 9am at the HEP training rooms. Also on Wednesday, Brenda Hales will be back in the afternoon for a training session for Year 4 teachers on the unit Living Things and Their Habitats. Are your students getting restless? Haringey Creates is hosting a chair-based dance session, giving teachers the tools to provide acute physical breaks for restless students in a classroom setting. This is happening at Belmont Infant School on the 1st of March. All sessions are available to book on the HEP Booking Hub. This week, we've been watching Useful Learning with Efrat First on Mind the Gap, episode 54, with Tom Sherrington and Emma Turner. In this episode, Efrat draws the links between neuroscience and learning. The first half of the episode is about Efrat's specialty of working with educators to teach the science of learning, utilizing her neuroscience background to create change in college, primary, and secondary classrooms. In the second part of the episode, the trio discuss retrieval, effective teaching strategies, and useful learning. This week, we've been listening to The Mary Bowstead One on Political Thinking with Nick Robinson, an episode from a couple of weeks ago now, but it's a great discussion with, rather than an interrogation of, Dr. Mary Bowstead, General Secretary of the NEU. This episode follows on from previous editions with Gillian Keegan and Bridget Philipson to get a really rounded sense of the national politics around education. This week, we've been reading The Bridge by Gesher School. The Bridge is an adult learning journal created by the Gesher School. The first two issues of The Bridge are out now. It is available online and also in a hard copy version. Take a look to find out how schools can be different and better for young people, and how to work with neurodiverse children. The journal also contains resources and materials for teachers. That's it for our Monday, 27th of February, HEP Brief. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, share on social media, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This brief has been written and produced by Maya Cardwell and Luke Kemper. New music by my band, Slow Pony. That's S-L-O Pony. We'll see you next week.